0: As some of you maybe recall a few Sundays ago, I shared, I I got started sharing on fear and how that fear can prevent us as Christians from um, achieving what God wants to do in our lives. And and I shared a little bit how uh, fear was a real hindrance to me and it still can be. Uh, For years, I... I resisted the Holy Spirit when He was prompting me to get saved. I I was afraid of what people are were going to think of me. What are my buddies going to think of me if they find out I got religion? Boy, will I be the laughing stock of the party. And and even um, even after that, there's been times when the Holy Spirit would prompt me to do something or to witness to somebody or talk to somebody and. And the first thing that would hit me would be fear. And a lot of times, I hate to say it, it prevented me from doing the very thing I I should have done. And um, I thank God that he is faithful to forgive. And I thank the Holy Spirit because he's a good teacher. He's very patient, very patient. He's been very patient with me. But I'm wanting to learn. I don't... 66 years old. I'm running out of time. I better start paying attention, and I better start getting with the program. And and this is a a message I believe the Lord is speaking to me, and I believe it's for all of us. And uh, I'm going to try to get through uh, some of it here. Today, we'll see how things go. Um, a very powerful verse that I memorized uh, shortly into my salvation and into my recovery I come from a drug and alcohol background did a lot of drugs I don't recommend it for anybody but it did it did act eventually break me because I was so proud I would not didn't think I needed God or anybody else for that matter but my addiction brought me down and uh, <laughs> And I struggled with my thought life and my mind. I did so much LSD. I didn't know, you know, it was not good, not good. But anyway, this verse uh, was quickened to me. In Second Timothy 1, 7 through 9, where it talks about how God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Well, I, I hung on to that sound mind <laughs> thing because that's, that's what I needed. But, but since then, I have seen the need to not let fear hinder me from what God wants to do in my life. So often... Um, I would let fear stop me from receiving and uh, believing and uh, and testifying. I'm gonna I'm gonna be bouncing around here. I hope you guys get something out of this today. But uh, it's all good. The scripture is all good. The Bible's good. You can't go wrong reading the Word of God. And I've learned the more I read, the better I feel. Revelation 12, 1 through 12, he talks about, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. They overcame the devil by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives unto the death. And it talks about overcoming in verse in chapter 21. He who overcomes shall inherit all things. And then in... Uh, Uh, verse 8 it lists those that that aren't going to make it these sins that will keep them out of heaven and I found it so interesting in the King James Version it says but the fearful and uh, the New King James Version which I read now it says the cowardly were the first on the list I thought that's interesting You'd think for sure it'd be murderers or child molesters or something like that. Uh, but no, it was the fearful and the unbelieving. And, and it makes me think, and I'm really going to bounce around here, how in Deuteronomy, when God wanted to bring the children of Israel into the promised land, and they, these, this was the generation they seen all the mighty miracles that God performed and he's they are the ones who came across the red sea on dry land but you know what they still wouldn't they still didn't trust god they still wouldn't believe that he would take care of them to enter the promised land and it finally pushed god to the point he said okay you stubborn unbelieving you aren't going in all but Caleb Joshua and Caleb and the young generation, and that's exactly what happened. Because of fear, they went to fear instead of faith, and that is something I believe every one of us deal with to some degree. I know I do. Anyhow, this message is mostly for me. You guys can uh, rubberneck, or you can you can listen in, and uh, and. I also talked about how <clears throat> how uh, when Goliath and the Philistines come against the army of Israel, and uh, how uh, and we'll use David as an example. David is my hero in the Bible. He, I don't worship David, but I, I admire a lot of the things he did, not everything. He made some of the worst mistakes imaginable. But he did repent and he got right with God. But uh, when David, and oh, I think we can learn so much from David. Uh, One day he was, his dad told him, he said, I want you to bring some lunch to your three older brothers and their officer and, uh, and then bring back, report how things are going with the battle, with the war and whatnot. So David packed up all his stuff and he left, left his sheep with, uh, with a responsible person because it was his job to take care of the sheep. And I think he was pretty, he took that job pretty seriously. I can, I can just imagine when the lion and when the bear come to take uh, one of the sheep he probably figured, well, Pa told me to take care of the sheep and I'm going to do it or die trying. And so he went, <laughs> he tore off after the bear and the lion, two different episodes, and you know what? He got them back, and he <laughs> killed them with his bare hands. And uh, anyway, that's just a little side note. But anyhow, so uh, David packed up his lunch, packed up the lunch for his brothers, and he had head for the, the battlefield, and he could have been a little nervous because I imagine there were wild animals. He'd already dealt with them, and they probably wouldn't have minded having uh, the lunch he was packing, or they probably wouldn't have minded having him for lunch, for that matter. But, uh, but he had ho- he had already dealt with them. So I believe as he traveled... He had confidence in God that he didn't have to fear that uh, what the animals could do with him. And, and I can just, I'm, I'm just reading a lot between the lines here. So you can take it or leave it. I can just imagine as David was a traveling, he was worshiping and he was praising and he was meditating. He didn't have this thing to distract him, or a radio, or anything else like that. I believe he had cultivated a wonderful relationship with God at an early age. And and I think that is a, a marvelous and a wonderful thing, and that's something that some of us are past that early age already. But, uh, but if there's young people here today, and I hear reports every now and then, I hear some really good reports what God's doing in young people, and really it blesses me, and I know it blesses God even more because there's no end to what God can do with a young person who's willing to start serving the Lord. And, okay, where was I? <clears throat> and I can just imagine as David was traveling, he was worshiping God He was praising God. He was meditating on God. And, uh, you know, he wrote uh, the longest book in the Bible, the book of Psalms. And as you read that, that's about all it is, is heartfelt prayers and worship and praise. He wrote, God inhabits the praises of his people. Um, he, he knew what he was talking about. He experienced all that. And he walked in that. And he lived in that. And we can too. That's, we are called to do that. And uh, Dave, I'm just using David as an example for us. And, okay, so he gets to, and I imagine along the way, he probably seen a crow sitting on a fence post. Off yonder, so he grabbed a rock and his sling, and he did a little practice. Sure enough, he could knock a crow off a fence post at a hundred feet, and uh, did that just for fun and and uh, entertainment on the way. So anyhow, David gets to the battlefield, and he hears this giant mocking. The army of Israel and their God, and uh, he couldn't—he couldn't take that sitting down here. Here, the the army of Israel were shaken in their boots, but you know what? David was not afraid. He had been walking with the Almighty God, the Creator of all heaven and earth, probably for the last two, three, four hours. He knew the presence of God. And when when he was confronted by this giant, this enemy, it didn't faze him one bit. And saints, I believe that's the place where we as believers need to get to, where we are walking in that close fellowship and worship and prayer and meditating with God When an enemy comes along, we don't have to be afraid. Because greater, the Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We don't have to walk around like a bunch of whipped pups. Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. It even says that that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in you. What, what power we have available to us, what power uh, we can walk in when we walk in the Spirit, when we're, when we're close to God. David also referred it to, uh, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He knew what he was talking about. He knew what it was to walk, to live in that place, and I don't think he wanted to get out of that place. I think that's the place he wanted to remain. He's seen God protect and provide for him so many times, but you know what he did? He did fall out of that place. He later on, as he was elevated uh, to king and to leadership and whatnot, he got distracted by this world, and he and he got out of that place. But, uh, but as soon as he was uh, confronted and repented, that's the very place he wanted to re- run back to. And, uh, and God is inviting every one of us to that place. That's the place we need to live, the, the place we need to walk in, especially in these end times. Um, you know, there's so much... This world is full of distractions, and, and we all know that. I've been reading this book. I'm really getting, I don't know where we're going here, but <laughs> as, a, as a hobby, I have been, I guess you might call it a hobby. As a hobby, I've been reading books on saints, on martyrs, on Christians who have been persecuted and killed for their faith all the way back to Stephen and Jesus and the disciples. And, and you know what? Even Timothy here, who wrote this, God has not given us, given you a spirit, or Paul wrote this to Timothy, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound. Mind. They killed him too. But he, they, those early believers and the church that's going on even today, we need, and we need to be mindful of our brothers and sisters. We don't really relate to it very well here, but over in communist and Muslim countries, right now, there are Christians who are being persecuted and killed uh, for their faith, for their walk. But the thing I find, a couple things I find really amazing about that is the love that they have for, for even their persecutors, that they, they walk in a love that I don't think I can hardly relate to. I, ha- I haven't had that experience, but they but they do and, and you know what? there ain't no lukewarm Christians in these countries. And I'm afraid the biggest problem and Jeff touched on it in other ones, the biggest problem that we as believers in this country here is that we become lukewarm. We got it made. We got everything we need. When's the last time we missed a meal because we didn't have food, or the last time uh, we've been beaten to a pulp just because we witnessed to somebody, or spent years and years in prison where they torture you and starve you? You know, it it don't have It's hard for us to relate to it, but there are believers that are experiencing that right now, and and we uh, we really need to uh, keep them in our prayers and try to support ministries that are. Are helping them. Anyhow, uh, yeah, when we when we are walking in the Spirit, when we're filled with God, when when we're spending time in the Word, you know, the old enemy, he's always trying to steal the seed. There's a parable, Parable of the Sower, where the enemy's always trying to steal the seed. Well, my simple barnyard logic is if somebody's stealing my seed, I'm going to keep getting more seed. I'm going to get more seed than he can steal. So I keep keep reading, keep spending time in the Word of God. And those of you who are, are young in the faith, you maybe uh, find it hard to, to spend time in the Word. You might not seem like you're getting nothing out of it. Like my good friend or my good <laughs> another hero I guess he really wasn't a friend he probably don't even remember who I was but that was Henry Vanderbush and he would just say, hey keep reading <laughs> if you aren't uh, if it doesn't seem like you're getting anything out of it keep reading keep, keep feeding on the Word of God because your spirit needs it and and we need it and the enemy is always trying to steal it away from us. We're so blessed. I bet you every everyone here has got a Bible in your possession. If you're like me, you probably got more Bibles than you can even count, even think of. And to to spend time in that Word, feasting on the Word of God, it'll help to keep us strong. And and we never know. <laughs> you never know who uh, who you might run into, who needs to hear the gospel. And, and to be ready, um, I I haven't been the best at that. This is an area that I need to grow in. But I've been getting help lately. My dear sister, uh, my sister Janet, a lot of you know her, had this little tract made up. It's actually my testimony, and there's uh, <laughs> and there's scripture verses on salvation in there. I didn't have enough gumption to have that done myself. She did it for me. She didn't even ask me. She just did it and sent me a bunch of them. And I'm glad she did. And, okay, uh, my sister Janet, Billy Graham, Gerald Durstein, probably countless others, probably a whole bunch of you guys too, early in their ministry, that was one thing that they did to be a witness and a testimony and to evangelize was they they went out handing out tracts to anybody who'd receive them. I'm not quite that bold. But I hand them out to my friends and neighbors and people I do business with and things like that. People in my my sphere of influence, I guess you call it. And uh, and anyway, I've been in business for over 40 years. I haven't made much money, but I have made a lot of friends. And now <laughs> when I see them and, and I give them a tract, most of them seem to be very receptive, and they even thank me. And I've, you guys probably never are guilty of judging people. But uh, I am I am very guilty of it, and I found out I'm a very poor judge of people. And But I kind of like it in a way, because I always like it when God proves me wrong. Because I, I usually will, if anything, I'll underestimate somebody. And I'll, uh, I'll think, well, they would not be interested in things of the Lord or receiving a tract. And I've been amazed at how many of them thanked me, some of them even with tears, and some of them I've run into them later or worked for them again, and they would ask me for another one because somebody had stolen theirs, or theirs. they had, somebody had taken it. I don't know about stealing. But, uh, but anyhow, uh, that's, a, that's a good opportunity to be a witness to hand out a tract, if if nothing else, I don't think we'll ever be sorry, even if we get a negative response. Um, you, what you will, will. It's uh, Jesus said, uh, you know, that you you will suffer persecution. All those who live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Him, along with all those early disciples, were executed for their faith, for being a witness. But they. They had such a love for God and for people. They were willing to take the chance. Matter of fact, they were more than happy to. And uh, God help us to get that type of mentality. Yep, you know, David was not afraid. He was prayed up. He was, he was uh, worshipped up, and walking in the Spirit. And here that young. Teenage boy just set out in the morning to deliver lunch to his brothers. Uh, he ended up defeating the army of Israel. So you never know what God can do with you if you're ready. And uh, we want to be ready no matter what. Yeah, and, and uh, the freight. Yeah, don't let fear. You know, God help us not to let fear dominate our Christian walk. And and prevent us from being a light, being a witness, being a testimony. It said, and I mentioned uh, the last time, is that it says in the Bible, do not be afraid 365 times, one for every day of the year. Barry mentioned that the other uh, Sunday too in worship. And fear not, yeah, do not be afraid is mentioned 365 times. And and so uh, so is fear not according to Google, anyhow. One of my sources of information. Yeah, the Lord is our helper. I'm just going to read some of these notes here. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do to me. Uh, Matthew 10, 16 through 42. Do not be afraid. Do not be ashamed. For it is not you who speak, but the spirit of your father who speaks in you and to speak the truth in love. Um, you know, God loves God loves sinners. He loves everyone and he wants them to know how much he loves them and how much that Jesus loves them. And we can read about in Matthew twenty five, twenty-five, where it talks about the parable of the talents. And there was one fella. He wouldn't do nothing. He was afraid, and he and he hid the talent. So we don't want to be afraid. We don't want to hide what God has done for us. The spirit of Antichrist is in this world. It wants to quellch. It wants to silence our witness. we can read in Acts 4 17 through 20. I'll maybe skip over there quick if I can find it. And uh, this was when Peter and John healed the lame man in the temple. It says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. They they had a bold witness and they they knew that they were uneducated and untrained men, which kinda is kinda encouraging to me because I am too. I never got no training to speak of. I have to rely on the Holy Spirit to give me the words to say. Okay, and then they they went on to say, uh, but so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak no more in this man's name. So they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. Yeah, they wanted to, this world, the devil wants to squelch us as believers so we don't say, don't testify, don't preach. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God you judge, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. These these dear brothers, these men were so full of God's Holy Spirit, it wasn't hard for them. You couldn't hardly shut them up. I was looking for my buddy Everett here this morning. I don't see him. But he, he got saved here not long ago, and you can't shut him up now he's He has become quite an evangelist down <laughs> where he lives, and he he gets other guys stirred up to come to church and to put their faith in god and and that's the way it should be yet you know, Jesus said, "If I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me the The enemy in this world wants to ignore Jesus not to magnify him not to glorify him and but it's up to us we are the salt of the earth now i'm going to go there my time is running out i'm always afraid i'm going to run out of material and it's always the other way around okay jesus said he said in verse 12 rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven so they persecuted the prophets who were before you you are the salt of the earth but if the salt loses its flavor how shall it be seasoned you guys are the salt of the earth this world needs you guys it is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You have nothing to be ashamed of as believers in Jesus Christ. Let your light shine. Let us light. Let us let our light shine. And, you know, it's one thing... <coughs> excuse me. It's one thing to be a nice guy and to be a good guy and to pay your bills and and uh, not tell dirty jokes and uh, things of that nature. You know, that's all good. That's great. And, and that's wonderful. And we should do that. We should... Uh, that's just a given. But but we need to share the gospel. We as believers need to share the gospel with other people. It, chances are, if somebody hadn't shared the gospel with you, you wouldn't be saved today. But somebody had the fortitude <laughs> to witness to us. I can remember probably every time I was witnessed to before I was a believer. I remember I went down to Mardi Gras down in New Orleans as a teenager, backslidden teenager. And I remember, I believe it was uh, Youth for Christ would be walking through the streets with a megaphone in one hand, pulling a kid's wagon with the other, full of uh, tracks, and there might have been Bibles in there, and they were preaching repent and receive Christ. You could hear him for blocks away. I don't know if any of you have ever been to Mardi Gras. I don't encourage you to go there. But, but I was there, and I remember pinching myself. I literally pinched myself one time. I thought, is this real? Are people actually this crazy, this sinful, or am I dreaming? And I, I thought, even as a backslidden Christian, I thought, this must be what Sodom and Gomorrah was like. But uh, anyway, they were bold, and and they preached. I take my hat off to them. I I didn't succumb to my conviction. You know, I drowned it out with booze and drugs instead. Thank God I lived through all that. But but anyhow, um, yeah, we need to be salt, and we need to be light if we're going to make a difference. You know, Jesus said... uh, the harvest, is, it's right unto harvest, but the laborers are few. And I think I got a little vision from the Lord um, about that. And in that vision, I saw a fella standing in this big wheat field. And he was just standing there. And sure enough, it was harvest time. It was white. And he was just standing there. He wouldn't even reach down to pick to pick up uh, a head of wheat right by him. And I thought what's the matter with that guy? Is is he that lazy? Is he retarded? And, uh, and I believe the Holy Spirit, he said, you know, that's the way it is with a lot of believers. We're standing right in the harvest field and we won't take the time to even reach those who are right close to us and I, I encourage all of us, this this is what I've been receiving I need to reach my neighbors my kinfolk that don't know the Lord, people that I have worked for, friends this is another little vision I believe I received and that was uh, going to heaven which is a wonderful glorious thing and and I was received into heaven but the angel or whoever it was started quoting names to me did you know this one and this one and this one and this one I said yeah yeah, I worked with that fella for 20 years. Or, or that guy lived uh, just down the, the road from or Yeah, that was uh, that was a relative of mine. And he said, uh, they didn't make it. We wished they would have. We had a place ready for them. And we were hoping that you would have said something to them. But you didn't. And that was kind of the end of my vision kind of a sobering thought but uh, you you may think well I don't really I'm not really good at that or I don't have much to say or I don't know the Bible real good or nothing uh, do you remember the story of the Samaritan woman this is one of my favorite stories in the Bible Jesus and the disciples had been travel in quite a ways and they were tired and hungry didn't have no food so the disciples went into town to get some victuals, and Jesus uh, sat there by the well and uh, the Samaritan woman come to get water it must have been right about in the middle of the day which I guess really wasn't customary I guess she didn't have the best reputation she probably there wasn't the, a lot of the ladies maybe didn't want to be associated with her whatever but uh Anyhow, uh, Jesus had a nice conversation with her, and she realized who he was, that he was the Messiah. So she hightailed it back into town about the same time that the disciples came back. And she went and she witnessed it. I think everybody she knew. Friends and neighbors and relatives and anybody she could bump into she didn't have a cell phone So she probably she maybe went knocking door-to-door. She was really excited About this experience she had with Jesus and it sounds like about half the town came back (laughs) out because they wanted to meet Jesus, too Well that that woman's testimony had a wonderful influence and those townspeople, they begged Jesus to stick around. Can you stay with us? And your testimony, as a believer, is powerful. And uh, you don't want to be ashamed of it. You don't want to be afraid to use it, because um, every believer has a testimony, and it, it blesses. It blesses me so much to hear. You know, like on Celebrate Recovery Tuesday night, others, people who get up and share their testimony, and you've probably heard mine many times. But, uh, but uh, anyhow, uh, I oh, we're gonna I'm gonna run you a little bit late here. It'll probably be a long time before Pastor lets me preach again. So I'm gonna take advantage of it here. We got. I am gonna. I'm gonna read something that my dear brother and co-laborer here at the church had written down i think it's part notes and part prophetic and prophetic is part of the the gift package that god has given to the church and these these uh it was reference to the to the conference that us uh, leaders here our church is a affiliated with TrueBridge, and they have this conference. I imagine there'll be more of you going to it next year uh, down in Marshall, Minnesota. And I'm going to try to read these quickly here. There's so much to be said here. And uh, it was on boldness. The conference was on boldness, which is kind of the opposite of fear. And uh, so bear with me for just a couple minutes here. Okay. This is what Chris had written down here. I should have him read it, but to save time, I'll read it myself. Be bold. We must be about our father's business. Start moving. Jonathan and his armor bearer move in faith that God will act on. He used the example of Jonathan and and his armor bearer. They went up, climbed up this mountain to, to fight with the Philistines. Total disadvantage. But they had faith in God. If they would step out in faith, that God would meet them and use them. And sure enough, it did. It blessed God so much, he even created an earthquake. That's something you can read about on your own, if you like, in, in, um, somewhere in the Bible. But, uh, but uh. Okay. <clears throat> Be bold. Take action. The Lord fights his battles through those who are willing to act. Place your faith in the limitless God. Be courageous and be without fear. All you, all you have to do is be hungry for Jesus, nothing more. Jesus said, blessed are they. Hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. If you feel that you aren't hungry, uh, pray and ask God to give you a hunger more of a hunger for the Word. And what I've found is the more I read the Word, the more time I spend in prayer seeking the Lord. It's kind of like a a bad habit in a way. Like when I started smoking, the first couple cigarettes I smoked about knocked me on my butt. But I kept at it. And next thing you know, I was hooked. And kind of like uh, things of the Lord. Keep at it. Keep reading. Keep praying. You'll uh, You'll get it because God honors that. Okay, what led you in the beginning will lead you now. Keep your first love, that is Christ. Listen to the right voice, the voice of truth. Identify in Christ. Start moving. Follow God, not man. Live for God. Obey, praise, worship, and thank God continually. Be prepared and committed to God. Be truly consecrated to God. Share the gospel truth and speak it into others. We are his children who are designed to speak the word of God. That's right. We were designed to speak the word of God. We were designed to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. That might be kind of hard to fathom, but it's true. God desires to dwell in us. Okay. Be prepared for rejection by others and prepare yourself to take no offense from those who reject you in God's love. That Richard Wormbrand, those that were in prison there, they were tortured. How they retaliated, they just loved their torturers. They just kept pouring love back out to them. And it was the very thing that saved a lot of them were saved because of that. They seen that love. They experienced that love. Okay. Be prepared to defend yourself from the enemy. You have the sword of the spirit. So face your fears. Take the fight to your enemy. In Christ you always have the upper hand. Do not live your life from a place of defeat. Instead live from the rock of victory. Be the hammer, not the nail. Your enemy is a mouse with a megaphone. Your enemy is an intimidator. You have the authority and the power to intimidate your intimidator. This authority and power was given to you by God, so use it. Do not waver, hold your ground, stand on the rock, Know who you are in Christ. Do not fear man. Patiently correct, rebuke, if necessary. Try to encourage and give grace to others with a Christ-like love, not a worldly enabling love. Offer to others the life-changing truth that is backed by the power of God so they can be healed. Put all your confidence in the Scripture Believe what God says about you. If you do, you will have a supernatural Christian boldness that even the heathen will recognize. Your boldness will be different than the worldly boldness. People will see Jesus in you and also through you. The depth of your relationship with God has to be deep. It must be deep. To hear the voice of God, you must have a passionate, intimate relationship with him. All of this relationship stuff takes time. And I encourage us all, shut the computer off, shut the TV off, shut the radio off. I drive some of the oldest junk you guys ever seen. Most of you would be ashamed to be seen riding in it. This old Dodge I got, I I just love that old Dodge. I got it all geared up just the way I like it, but it's getting old. I have wore the radio out probably three times in it, and I didn't get around to replacing it this last time. And I love Christian music. I love listening to KFNW and whatnot. You know, I give them two thumbs up. But I've noticed now that my radio don't work, I spend more time in prayer. I my quiet my my red chair now is that broken seat in that old Dodge, and I got one. I got a I got a brown chair in my room, and I also got a little prayer shack that I built. looks like a looks like a fish house. So I'm finding there's a lot of places to meet with God. I'm very fortunate that way, and there. There ain't no substitute for spending that quiet time with God. Not even my good preaching is nearly as good (laughs) as spending that quiet time with God because you know what? God is waiting for you. He loves your company. And he's waiting, wanting you to spend more time with him. Okay, I'll finish now. The depth of your relationship with God has to be deep. It must be deep to hear the voice of God. You must have a passionate, intimate relationship with him. Submit yourself and lose yourself in his presence. Depend upon him always. He will keep you strong and sustain you. You must get rid of distractions. Prune off the dead branches so you can grow. Check yourself where are you at? Where am I at, God? Am I? Here's something that I check myself: Where am I at spiritually? How am I doing compared to last year or the year before? Am I growing spiritually, or am I just flatlining? Am I just lukewarm? You know, it's it's something that uh, we as believers I need to we we need to check ourselves and challenge ourselves. Okay. Press into God. Keep your vision. Keep your first love. That is Christ. Stay hungry in the word. That is Jesus. He is your foundation stone. His whisper can restore you. Be bold enough to seek the whisper of God. Well, folks, I'm not going to take up any more of your time this morning. Thank you for bearing with me. I'm going to close this with a short prayer here. And I want to extend an invitation. If you need something from God, if you need to accept Christ, if you've got something, a prayer concern or something that's worrying you or whatever, I encourage you to come up forward. we got the pastor here. We've got elders here. We've got prayer warriors here. Help is right here. God does not want you to leave without your need being met today. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you love us, you care for us, and you want us to get to know you in a deeper and a better way. God, help us not to walk in fear, but to have faith and to grow in our relationship with you. Help us to be a witness and a light and to be the men and women that you'd have us to be We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.